0: St. Faustina wrote, all all grace flows from mercy. Even if a person's sins were as dark as night, God's mercy is stronger than our misery. One thing alone is necessary, that the sinner set ajar the door of his heart, be it ever so little, to let in a ray of God's merciful grace and then God will do the rest. For those watching and for those here at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy, be confident that God's mercy is stronger than any misery you may be experiencing at this time. We who hope for a fulfilling life and a bright future need only open the door of our hearts to God's merciful grace in order to find interior peace and experience unending joy. On the day of the resurrection, Jesus did not reproach his disciples because of their sins, nor reprimand them for having abandoned him out of fear. He spoke simply words of peace and reconciliation to them. In today's gospel, Jesus did not show his open wound to St. Thomas so that he could make him feel shame for doubting. Jesus showed his open wound in order to deepen Thomas' faith so that we can say with Thomas, my Lord and my God. Brothers and sisters, assuredly, it is not the justice of God that pursues us all the days of our life. It is the mercy of God as we hear the 23rd Psalm. Only his goodness and kindness and mercy pursues us all the days of our life. Today we celebrate the love of God, the Word made flesh, the risen Lord come to save, the divine mercy which restores life and hope to to a troubled and uncertain world on this Divine Mercy Sunday, I would like to reflect upon two points, two particulars. The first point is an invitation, and we must RSVP, the invitation to trust in and and receive his mercy as we celebrate the Feast of Divine Mercy and gaze upon the image of the Divine Mercy And the second point is we are all called to be missionaries and heralds of the divine mercy and instruments of God's peace. So first, the invitation to trust in Jesus as the divine mercy. What captures our attention as we gaze on the image of the divine mercy is that there is a movement forward by the Lord towards us. The Lord is not pulling back from us like we might do when trying to settle a score from injuries received. The Lord's right hand is raised in blessing and his left hand points to the center toward his heart, which was pierced, the source of mercy and love. Jesus is not waiting for us to get it right so that we might become lovable or acceptable to him. Jesus is not watching us from a distance, like a spectator in a stadium. He is not acting like a referee who must give penalties for fouls and infractions. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and his mercy endures forever. We see rays radiating from his heart that symbolize life, and healing available to us in the sacraments. Jesus invites all who are weary and find life burdensome to come back to him. He simply wishes to instill peace in our souls, greater confidence in his person, so that we may see ourselves in a better light through his heart. When justice alone preoccupies our attention, Rather than confidence in God's mercy, we are prone to fear that our past will hold us back from moving forward into the future, or fear that what might happen in the future if we fail. The apostles were in a locked room in today's gospel for fear of what was outside. In today's gospel, we see how Jesus invites Thomas to look beyond his doubts, we must, like Thomas, look towards his wounds and deepen our faith in him who is our light and salvation. Let us look for a moment of some scriptures which can help us understand and refocus when we are prone to doubt the divine mercy. It's very simple, we can open the book of Genesis and read the story about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden who played, by the way, the first game of hide and seek in human history. As you know, at the start of this children's game, one is to outsmart the seeker, to be more clever than the seeker and never be caught. In some forms of the game, the hiders try to run back to home base while the seeker is away looking for them. But how can we find a true home if God is not waiting there for us in his mercy. In the case of our first parents, they thought they could be gods who were self-satisfied, self-sufficient, self-confident, ultimately selfish, in their own estimation of their power, and in the end became quite blind to the goodness and mercy of God. As a consequence, they tried to remain hidden because they were ashamed. When discovered, they played another game of passing blame rather than focusing on the magnanimity of God who is love. Fortunately, God is searching for them and inviting them to come out into the open and listen to the first announcement of salvation for them. God's question, where are you, shows concern for those living in fear when they feel that God is displeased with their actions. This reminds me of a quote from a Franciscan author, Father Murray Bodo, who writes, the reason we don't become saints is not that we cannot overcome sin, but that we are unwilling to overcome shame. Shame is not a problem for God. The only problem which holds us back from believing in the wideness of God's mercy is our unwillingness to turn to God to be restored to living again as his beloved children. A second example in the Gospels, in the well-known parable of the lost prodigal son, we have a glimpse into the heart of a father not waiting at home for his children to come back to him to make a confession of sin. The father first in the parable runs with joy to his son who is still at a distance. There is not one mention of punishment, nor a word said from disappointment relating to his son's waywardness and dissolute living. The father simply invites him to celebrate a feast, like today, a feast of mercy, which is prepared by the father. With the older son in this parable, the father has to leave the feast to implore with him to celebrate the restored life of his younger brother. Here we see how mercy goes farther than justice. Mercy rules the day rather than rewards and punishments related to good and bad behavior. This reminds me of a quote by the famous theologian Father Romano Guardini in his book, The Lord, who says, yes, justice is good, is the foundation of existence, but there is something higher than justice, the bountifully widening of the heart to mercy. Justice is clear. But one step further, it becomes cold. Mercy is genuine, heartfelt. When backed by character, it warms and redeems. Justice regulates, orders existence. Mercy creates. Justice satisfies the mind that all is as it should be. But from mercy leaps the joy of creative life. In both scriptures from the Old and New Testaments, we can see the greatness of God, who opens up for us a new horizon of living in peace and full of joy. The second point to become missionaries are heralds of divine mercy and the instruments of God's peace. Peace be with you, we heard twice in today's gospel. It was the first greeting of Jesus on the day of the resurrection. It was bestowed on the apostles on the second week, the Sunday. It is repeated by every bishop at the beginning of the mass when he greets his brothers and sisters with Christ's peace. Our mission of bringing peace to a troubled world begins when we begin to place confidence in Jesus as the divine mercy knowing that nothing can separate us from the love of God. We become missionaries like St. Mary Magdalene, who became the apostle to the apostles and the first to proclaim the resurrection of the Lord. We imitate the wisdom of the great doctor of the church, St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, who writes so wonderfully about God's mercy. In this passage, she says, It is not because I have been preserved from mortal sin that I lift up my heart to God and trust and love. I feel that even had I in my conscience every crime one could commit, I should lose nothing of my confidence. But my heart broken with sorrow, I would throw myself into the arms of my Savior. I know that he loves the prodigal son. I have heard his words to St. Mary Magdalene to the woman taken in adultery, and the woman of Samaria. No one can frighten me, for I know what to believe concerning his mercy and his love. And I know that all, that, that, all, that multitude of sins would disappear in an instant, even as a drop of water cast into a flaming furnace. Our anchor then must be And the divine mercy, and this must be proclaimed, especially to the young today, especially when they fail to reach their dreams and discover their powerlessness and weakness and are prone to despair. We are to teach the nations that the greatest blessing in life is not recreating oneself into an image of one's own imagination, We cannot turn a blind eye to moral relativism that is rampant today. If we do this, we do not show love or mercy. Rather, we we cannot allow others to distort the meaning of freedom as a license to do as one reasons without reference to the good of others or the dignity of the human person created in God's image and likeness. The proclamation of the gospel and the teaching of the church is always a proclamation of truth and of mercy. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But we must teach and preach in love. In addition, we need to help all who feel that they're alone without the love of others and God's help. We need to help them ponder the message of mercy like Saint Peter. He did not focus on a resume of past accomplishments in order to impress God or others. Saint Peter denied Jesus, not once, but three times, and this could have been on his resume. But Peter never retreated from becoming a fisher of men. Jesus never gave up on Peter, who in turn never gave up on Jesus, and moved forward to tend the flock of Christ in mercy. Mercy is the path of the church, where we must always take the lead, like Jesus moving toward us, and offering a find of, to find a place in his heart. This message is constantly being proclaimed by our Holy Father, Pope Francis who never tires of quoting first his predecessor, the late Pope Benedict XVI. Being Christian is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but the encounter with an event, a person, the divine mercy, which gives life a new horizon and a decisive direction. Pope Francis challenges us to present our parishes as field hospitals and islands of mercy, knowing that the church cannot teach doctrine from behind the walls of tribunals to those who are struggling with little hope. We are being sent into the marketplaces, into a troubled world where mercy gives a future filled with hope. We are to lead like the good Samaritan with mercy to lead with the victims, rather than a sense of self-righteousness or some feeling of resentment. We also must refrain from allowing any bitterness or anger to fester in our hearts so that we then become resentful. This reminds me of the Nobel Laureate Nelson Mandela, who spent 27 years in captivity during the apartheid era. And he wrote, as I walked out the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. When we leave mass today, what attitudes will we carry away from the mass? Do we feel as if others owe us something or will hold them accountable until our sense of justice is served? Will we exact a payment of debts owed and forget the great price that was paid to cancel out our own debt? Will we live the message of mercy that we draw from the Eucharist and imitate Jesus and his sacrifice? Let us hope this will be the case, for the church of the future must be a Eucharistic church living the message of divine mercy. And finally, in conclusion, Why does God put up with us and pursue us even on the second Sunday of Easter? There can only be one answer, because he loves us and his mercy endures forever. And peace is his gift and only he can give it. Jesus said to Saint Faustina, mankind will not have peace until it turns to the font of my mercy. So on this Divine Mercy Sunday, I say with our Lord to all of you here and those who are watching, peace be with you. And at the end of the Mass, the deacon will say, or after the adoration, go in peace. I pray that you will discover that peace which only Jesus can give, that you'll experience healing from his merciful heart and that you, in turn, will become the instruments of his peace and proclaiming the divine mercy. God bless each and every one of you watching today and those who are here and your families.
1: Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world.